Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Warriors getting a win. I think they won last night. I they, Eventually. They, they did win last night, right? Uh, it didn't feel like it necessarily, but they definitely did. That game, obviously, a lot closer, uh, a lot later than a lot of us thought it would be. But, hey, you know, the words with the way they are right now, uh, some of these games, we can't be bothered until it's fourth quarter or until it's playoff time. And what do you know? Here they are at 41 and 37. Things definitely looking up. That's hardly a record that the Warriors back in September thought they would have been proud of. And I'm not saying they're proud of it now, but with the playoffs right around the corner things definitely looking up jd yeah and the warriors with four games to go at denver three of the four on the road they've got oklahoma city at home they're at sacramento on friday and then a week from tomorrow the season's going to end wow. with the warriors up in portland and portland has completely Ooh. given up losers of five yeah. in a row i was playing a game last night uh, with a buddy of mine who likes to dabble a little bit in uh, uh-huh. wagering he, he likes oh. to wager and uh, he w- hadn't really totally been paying attention, though, to to some of the trends as far as some of these teams at the bottom of the Western Conference. And, and you took advantage of that? No, he said. He said, "Well, what do you think of?" And he actually he'd mentioned the Sacramento Portland game. He mentioned the the Warriors Spurs game. Pretty high lines, I think, in both of them. I think maybe fourteen and a half in the the Portland game and eighteen and a half for the Warriors last night, which they did not cover. And I said, well, have you seen the lineups that Portland and San Antonio are putting out there? And I actually I sent him a screenshot of both of the, the lineups. I said, who you got? You got Portland or or you got San Antonio uh, with you know, the players that are that are playing for both of those teams right now? It's it's ugly, ugly stuff at the bottom. And, and you look at it. I'll just give you Portland last night started Tybal, Watford, Eubanks. Shade on Sharp, who's who's mm-hmm. a good young player, mm-hmm. uh, and some guy named Mays. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Billy Mays. I don't know. Some guy named Mays. Uh, and then you know you saw San Antonio last night with Kieta Bates Diop, and you know Kelton Johnson's a nice player. Branham's had an okay back into your Trey Jones. I mean, what what is going on here? I, I think as far as the Warriors are, are related to it, they. I think last night was. A night where it was essentially the last game on the schedule, Whitey, where the Warriors knew they could go through the motions and still win the game. Mm-hmm. And so they went through the motions and still won the game. And it, it was ugly. Zero style points last night. Even in a fourth quarter where the Warriors outscored the Spurs 43-27. And even on a night where, uh, yes, the Warriors started 0 of 13 from 3, but finished 21 of 36. And you have Steph Clay and... Jordan Poole combining to hit 20 
three-pointers on the night. It was still brutal for three quarters. And a three-point record tied uh, not broken, but tied because the Warriors, as you well know, J.D., as most Warrior fans know, uh, the Warriors now with three players this year with 200 or more three-pointers, only the second team ever to do that. Although I didn't realize that when the Rockets did it a few years ago, it was Eric Gordon and James Harden and uh, the guy from up Oak Ridge way, uh, Ryan Anderson. He was the other guy wow. that had 200 threes for the Rockets a few years ago. They were the first team to do that. So the Warriors bombing away the threes. And, you know, Jordan Poole, I know, last week and in the last few weeks, I've been one to say, you know, you got to think about trading him. And obviously everything's on the table this year, depending on how the rest of this year goes. But he's, I mean, th- the way he's playing in the last week, he's probably the biggest single reason why the Warriors right now look like, okay. I mean, you could actually have um, a-, a rational conversation uh, revolving around whether or not they have a chance to really advance this year and maybe even make another run. Yeah, and, and it is pretty bunched up still. The Clippers lost to Memphis last night, so they split a pair in Memphis. And you look at the standings, the Warriors now tied with the Clippers, 41-37. and 37. The Clippers have the tiebreaker mm. currently. The Warriors could still get the tiebreaker over the Clippers it's based on division record. The Clippers would have to lose a couple of their division games. The Warriors would have oh, to okay. win their final division game in Sacramento on Friday to force a, a tie in division record. They both teams could be seven and nine. Right now, the Clippers are seven and seven. The Warriors are six and nine. Uh, the Clippers have Phoenix and the Lakers as their two divisional games. Not to get too lost in the weeds, the Warriors play at Sacramento coming up on Friday. So the, the Warriors would have to win that game and have the Clippers lose the other two divisional games. If that happened, and they ended up tied, which would also then the Warriors would actually have the, the tiebreaker over the Clippers based on conference record. Uh, so, But again, not to get lost in the weeds on that, it is a possibility. However, if the Clippers are losing that much, maybe it won't matter. The Warriors just beat them outright by a, a game in the standing. So I know a lot of people have tried to figure out who do the Warriors have the tiebreaker against? They don't have it against Phoenix. They don't have it against the Lakers. They don't have it now against Minnesota after they got beat on Sunday at, at Chase Center. They would not have it against the Pelicans at this point, but they still could have it against the Pelicans. But again, uh, not to get too buried in the weeds there, the Warriors could still have the tiebreaker over the Clippers. If you were Steve Kerr, and I know you've spoken to him, you you are uh, uniquely qualified to speak to what he is thinking. But if you're Steve Kerr right now, if you're the Warriors, what do you think is your ideal scenario this week? Obviously, in the service, you want to win every game. Okay, great. But where would you like to be slotted? Um, obviously, you want to be playing well when the postseason starts. You'd love to get Wiggins back, and there's been some, you know, some rumblings that maybe he's around, which maybe we'll get into. Maybe we won't because we don't know whether that means he's going to be back on the team or not. But what do you think you would like to see your team do this last week? Where would you like to be sitting when the regular season ends? Sixth and playing Sacramento, mm-hmm. as opposed to fifth and playing Phoenix with Durant. I mean, they. Kind of an it could underwhel- even be fourth, right? I mean, you could. I mean, you you could, but I don't. I mean, at that point, you're talking about probably. But even if you went out at that point, the Suns would still have to lose three games, 
And the Suns, it looks like, have... They've won four in a row. Yeah. Now, so they're playing yeah. well. And, and they haven't lost when they have Durant. I think 5-0 and oh now with Durant, as they've won the last two with Durant. They won three before Durant had gotten hurt. So the, the four seed is something that would almost have to present itself as a legitimate option by, say, Friday when the Warriors play in Sacramento. I'm, I've, I've omitted the four seed for the time being. I know mathematically, technically, still, still possible. But highly unlikely. But highly unlikely as you look at the Suns 42 and 35 so they've got five games to go they'd have to lose three of those five and the Warriors would have to win out mm-hmm. and, you know, for the Warriors to, to get to fourth and the Clippers would have to not beat out both of them I know the Clippers and Suns play again not to get wonky in it although I do have a lot of these scenarios jotted down here including the, the three-way tiebreakers which could come wow. into play the four-way tiebreakers which, which could potentially come into play as well but to answer the question simply, and I know the, the good people of Sacramento have gotten a little bit up in arms over some of the, the commentary over the last few days about everybody gunning and wanting to play Sacramento. It's no disrespect to the season that the Kings have had. I know, Whitey, I think you and I would agree they've had a very special season. They have. <laughs> at 47 and 30. I mean, hell, they could win 50 games, for crying out loud. They get, they go 3-2 and two in their last five, and they win 50 freaking games. Mm-hmm. That's insane. In, in a lot of ways, but it's a matter of, yeah, as the team with the most playoff experience, you'd want to play the team with the least playoff experience. Yeah. And a Draymond commented on the travel component this week mm-hmm. that you'd love to be able to take an hour and a half bus ride to Sacramento and, and have that be it for a first round of Who doesn't of the like to take an hour and a half bus ride to Sacramento, right? Well, if you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's the it's better than a four hour flight to Memphis. Yes, yes, and so I think that's where the Warriors and and that is the one area where they have commented in the past on preferred playoff. They've never really spoken about a team specifically, but yeah, they do talk about travel it's and not, have for for all of the years that they've been in it. Yeah, pardon me, JD. It's not necessarily so much that you look at Sacramento and say, "Ooh, we want them." It's a matter of wow, Sacramento. They haven't been in the playoffs in seventeen years. Or Phoenix with Kevin Durant, I think I'd rather play Sacramento. It's that simple. Well, you've got it's common sense. Yes, and, and the other one is the Clippers, and I know the Clippers have been for the most part a low-level bunch, an underachieving bunch this year. Selective competitiveness, all the all the things that are truly awful about the NBA. The Clippers are pretty much that's that's them. They have no soul. That's, that's the Clippers have. brand. Yes, yes the Clippers brand is load management. Yeah, and so uh, <laughs> that being said, that being said. They still have Kawhi Leonard, who we've seen what he's done against the Warriors in the past in a playoff series, an NBA Finals series. And so, yeah, do you want to play Finals MVPs? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, or, or do you want to play a team that has going to have a lot of inexperienced players yeah, in terms of the right. playoffs? So I, I don't think it's disrespectful. The Kings also one of the worst defensive teams in in the league, they they haven't been well a great road team. They haven't been a particularly good home team, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is a little bit odd with the Warriors' inability to to win on the road, especially I, given the atmosphere they have up there at their arena. Yeah, a lot of those a lot of those games, I think, for the Warriors wouldn't feel. I, I think the Warriors' view going to Sacramento is that's not really a true road game, right? Like it's like a half road game mm-hmm. or seventy five percent of of a road game. And again, that's not to say that it, that the place won't be electric. It's not to say that there won't be a lot of Kings fans there if it if it comes to fruition. But it really is the lesser of of many different yeah. evils. If if you're the Warriors, you're looking. Although I had a caller last night on Warriors wrap up that said, 
I'd rather play Phoenix. I don't think Phoenix is cohesive with, with Durant yet. I don't think they're as deep as the Kings are. And as some Warrior fans would say, you know, they've got demons. Chris Paul and you know, Chris Paul's a playoff choke, and and Devin Booker hasn't been able to get it done with Chris Paul these last couple of years in in series where they maybe should have gotten it done. I think Durant changes that completely as long as he's healthy. Totally yes. new team. Yep. Uh, but I wouldn't want any part of that. Uh, as, no. Especially if, especially if you're either playing without Wiggins or playing with Wiggins just starting to get himself acclimated again. Well, here, here's what's going to be interesting if we get to that, if we get to Sacramento and Golden State. Obviously, if it does come to that, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about it, so we don't need to spend too much time talking about it now. But since we are already, let me just address this. Would you rather play Memphis, Whitey? I, no. I mean, I, I, again, no. I, I think because of the non-rivalry, a lot of Warrior fans would say, oh, yeah, Memphis. The Warriors beat Memphis. The Warriors own Memphis. Memphis guards people. And and Sacramento, they really struggle with that. And that's why I think you know they're having, as you say, an incredible season. But they really struggle defensively. And I think that's going to still matter in the postseason, even in this season in which no one's playing as much defense as they used to. But my point is this. If it comes to Golden State, Sacramento, what's going to be really interesting is that in a lot of ways, Sacramento is similar to the Warriors, and some of that actually is by design since Mike Brown's there. Some of it is coincidence, and some of it is like, yes, we want Sabonis to do a lot of things that Draymond does offensively. So if we get to that, we'll have a lot to talk about. I would love to see that. I think it's going to be fascinating on just about every possible way. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. It is Warriors this week here on 95.7 The Game. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason as we are off and running here on a Saturday until 1 o'clock as the Warriors with four games to go, 41-37. and 37, They're tied with the Clippers, and uh, the Clippers play in New Orleans tonight. So second of a back-to-back, Clippers split a pair, as I mentioned, with Memphis the last two games in Memphis. They go and play the Pelicans. Uh, Kawhi Leonard expected to play for the Clippers in, in that one. And so we'll see how it all shakes out. The Warriors in Denver tomorrow. How about Denver? They've punted on the last two games Mm -hmm. to basically set up a, hey, we want to smoke the Warriors scenario tomorrow (laughs) in Denver as the Warriors are going to, they're gunning for the Warriors. How big do you think that game is from Golden State's standpoint? Obviously, you'd love to win. I think it's the least important game of the four. Uh, yeah, I do too. And I mean, a lot it's of almost ways. like a bun. Like if we win, great. If we don't, we're fine. But if we win, wow, well, what a pe- feather in our caps. People were coming down my road no. for saying that last night was a must win. Oh, JD, it's not a must win because they could win all these. Other- it's like it's a must win because I'm not counting on a win in Denver. Yeah. So like the Spurs game and the Portland game. To me, those two in Portland at the end up there, those were the two games that are the must-wins. Oklahoma that- City, to me, is a must-win at home. I know the Thunder are better than those last two teams that I mentioned. They're currently 10th. They've had a couple of slip-ups this week as it's become real that they have a shot at 10th. They've lost in Indiana. They lost at home. Uh, who beat them at home? Somebody, Charlotte, beat them at home. Uh, and they almost lost to the Pistons mm. at home. One, <laughs> one at the buzzer against the Pistons at home. But Oklahoma City is a team that you got to beat if you're the Warriors. So to me, that's you, those are the two that you have to get among the final four. Sacramento, we'll see what happens when it gets to that point. Who's playing for what? Yeah, uh, that the, could be a lot of. It could be two teams that don't want to show too much, depending on no, what things look like at that. No point. No doubt, it might yeah. be. It might be a game that the Warriors really need that the Kings don't 
really need. They could be locked into third, although they do still have a shot at second. Yeah. All they have to do is tie Memphis. They're two back with, with four to play there as far as the Grizzlies go. Uh, and so it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, actually, the Grizzlies and Kings both have five to go at this point. So uh, things could still swing a little bit there between those two. To your point about last night, J.D. Must th- win. It was a yeah. must win. Well, I was, for most of the game, I was watching Bob Fitzgerald. For part, I was listening to Tim Roy. Uh, and they both spoke about it in the same terms. Like, you have to win this game. This time of year, you can't lose a game like this. So it was almost like you, you just... Uh, that would have been disgraceful, a loss last night. I mean, mathematically, you can make the case, well, if you lose, you're still okay. But no, there's there's no, no way you could have afforded to lose last night to the stinking Spurs. And as it was, it was closer than it should have been. But ultimately, they got the win, and that's all that matters. No doubt. And and you look at it, and it's you lose that game, you're tied in the loss column with the Lakers, who you don't have the tiebreaker against. You're tied in the loss column with the Pelicans, who the tiebreaker is still to be determined against. I mean, you, you'd be at that point playing for 7-10 to 10 yeah. if, if you had lost that game, and especially lost that game and then chased it with another loss in Denver, which would have been highly likely regardless. And look, it's not to say the Warriors can't win tomorrow. Maybe they go win tomorrow, but I'm, I'm not expecting the Warriors to go. A win tomorrow for the Warriors is gravy. I, I'll say this. Warriors win tomorrow, they're probably going to be the fifth seed. Mm-hmm. They, they lose tomorrow, then it's... It's make sure you beat Oklahoma City. Make sure you beat Portland. Two wins in the final four might get you six. It it might still get you six. I think there's an outside chance it maybe you're seven at that point. You win three of the last four. I think you're six for sure, and I think you got a really good chance at five, assuming, again, that you really want to be five and staring at potentially yeah. playing Phoenix. I don't. I don't like that. I I think that if you're sixth or better, and it certainly looks like they will be, a lot of pizza left in the box. But I think given all the ups and downs of this year, I mean, sixth for a team that won the championship last year obviously seems like on the surface like, whoa, what happened? But with everything that's gone sideways this year, I think if they finish sixth, I think that's an accomplishment. I think you can feel good about that. I also think one of my takeaways from last night, and it's it's fair to say you can't take too much away from that because the opponent was so bad but I'll buy into this is kind of the company line on this too I know but last night you saw the upside to the Wiseman trade doesn't mean I'm not saying rubber stamp and boost successful trade based on last night see I think it's price of admission like yeah I know that but that trade Peyton better be playing and he better be impactful and he better be playing he better be impactful this year Next year, right? And the following and year. And that's one reason I brought it up because I know that you a bit you're very skeptical about that trade. Like so uh, far, and, so good. Yeah. But but that's the expectation. Yes, but it is the expectation. But he showed last night that he can help you in ways that this team really needs help. That's well, the well, well, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that was that truly? Uh because what you have? A truly? Yes. He truly can't help them because he helps them defensively. Helps them uh, with extra possessions. You're right, JD. That's and I, I I preface my comment with that. It's the Spurs, so what does it matter? No, the fact is, right now this team is built. Right now, Gary Payton the second helps you a lot more than Wiseman would. That doesn't mean that Wiseman uh, won't go on to do things that make you regret the trade. I'm I don't think so, but it could happen. But right now, uh, Gary Payton the second gives you a lot of things that you need at this point in the season. 
It's JD and Whitey here, Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. I'll say this before we get to the phones, just as as the whole seeding process plays out and who do you want and all that kind of a thing. The Warriors are not in a position to get cute about it. Oh, no, that, that's the is. one thing that, right. that I will say. And I like I've said, hey, I'd rather play Sack if I'm the Warriors than Phoenix. I'd rather play Sack if I'm the Warriors than Memphis. I'd rather play Sack, obviously, than being in the playing tournament. That at, was the at, one flaw in what Windhorse said. If there was any flaw, it was the implication that teams might be think it might be finagling yeah. things like well, you don't have that luxury. Nobody does. And in fairness, that's part of the league's thinking as to why you do the playing tournament, is that it makes it a lot more difficult for teams to try and manipulate the matchup that they want. And again, the whole, the primary objective ahead of who you're going to play is not being in the play-in tournament. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's first and foremost. Uh, to, to that avoid. thing could be brutal this year, too. Well, we saw how it played out a couple of years ago yeah, we for did. the Warriors. Yeah, we did. And, you, you know, Lakers at Chase in a play-in tournament, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that matchup either, if mm-hmm. I'm the Warriors. So make sure you win two. If you get three, I think you avoid it for sure. Obviously four, and we're having a completely different conversation. All right, let's get to Robin in San Francisco here, tipping us off on a Saturday morning on 95.7 The Game. Good morning, Robin. How are you? Robin, are you there? Oh, no. There Ro- must be some right, technically because you know she's not speechless. That's no. impossible. Robin, yes. No. So, Robin, give us a call back. We'll we'll get to you here coming up on Warriors this week. Uh, how about Mitch? Mitch, or our buddy Mitch here on, on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Mitch? Hey, there, Johnny. Buddy, what's happening? Hey. Hey, it's something. It's uh, Golden State against Los Angeles Kings. You can't overlook the Kings, boy. They've had some year. The backcourts going against each other, and Sabonis, uh, we think he gets some MVP votes, and thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I, Sabonis has had an unbelievable year. I mean, he's... And he's done it while he's been hurt. Yeah, he's changed everything for them. Mm-hmm. There, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he... He is the the big difference maker for them. He unlocked Fox. Fox didn't have to be their best player. He could be their second best player that picks the spots late in games, which I think suits Fox's you know mentality a little bit. I think Fox is kind of the he's the kind of guy that wants to be on full display in the big moments. Mm-hmm. Doesn't wants to kind of coast a little bit in other moments. But that's exactly how the Kings have been able to play it. They basically run everything through Sabonis. Early in the game, he gets his. He's moving the ball around to their shooters. Guys are getting wide open looks. And then Fox can kind of take over in different spots of the game. Mm -hmm. And and he's done that in the fourth quarter better than anybody in the league. Yeah, and it's been incredible to watch because he gets to his spots in the fourth quarter. Fox gets to his spots just inside the foul line. It's just a matter of whether the ball goes in or not. And if you get up on him, he's so fast, he'll go by you and and dunk it. Sabonis, I just wanted to say this. He's playing with, now he's left-handed, so it's in his right hand, but he has... The same type of injury that Jimmy Garoppolo had a couple years ago, that of that fracture in the thumb. And you can imagine how many times during a game that it gets whacked. And I was talking recently with one of their, uh, Jordy Fernandez, their assistant uh, head coach or associate head coach, whatever his title is. And he says, you know, it just sets a really high... Uh, bar for the rest of the team when your best player is out there and he's playing every night with a broken thumb. So that's one of the reasons um, that they have been performing at a high level. He's been setting the tone from that regard. All right, let's get Robin back in here yeah. uh, on, on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Robin? Hey, J.D., can you hear me now? We yes. got you. We got you loud and clear, Robin. So, 
So, I, good morning to the both of you. I'm glad you're on because um, the network was killing me. And I thought, no, they didn't get rid of JD. They didn't get rid of this show. So, I'm glad to hear you guys. Last night, um, really, um, I was like, why are they having trouble beating this team? And I never thought that maybe they were... Um, like laying up or um, or laying off, but they don't have the luxury, in my opinion, to do that in any of these games. And to me, every game is a game they should win. And I think it'd be a real morale and confidence booster for them if they were to go out and beat Denver. And I don't know how much effort they want to put into that because you have to consider injuries and things like that. But I do think it would be a morale and confidence booster if they could win that game. And I also hate to play in because I don't think anybody seven and below should be in. It just makes for bad basketball. And the last thing I want to say is that I don't know, I, you know, in terms of the way the Warriors are playing, I don't take Sacramento lightly. I don't take Phoenix lightly. In terms of Sacramento fans who have been doing a lot of boasting on the Internet, talking a lot of crap about we want the Warriors, and I had said to one of the fans on the Internet, I said, oh, why? Because that would validate that you're good. And he said to me, no, it would validate that we're better than the Warriors. I said, don't act as if you're beating the 2015-16 Warriors. You're beating a whole different team this to do with. Peace out, you guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, Kings fans are, are caught up in their feels, and and, and rightfully so. Oh, they've they been through it. They, they haven't been made the playoffs in time. 17 years, yeah, so if yeah. they want to be, that's fine. But yeah, they're kind of caught in that in-between of boasting, because it's the best year they've had in 17, 18 years, and also... Wanting respect and feeling unappreciated mm-hmm. and 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 the the thought lately that every team wants to play them, which is an accurate one, has got them feeling some kind of way. Yeah, and it's possible. You know, Mike Brown's an excellent coach, and he's an excellent motivator, and maybe he finds a way to use that to their favor. It's just, again, and I know I've already said this, but if they don't step up things defensively, it's going to be a tough uh, tough time for them in the postseason, no matter who they end up playing. No, you doubt. have to guard people in the playoffs. You do. And and they haven't throughout the course of the year. They've figured a way around it. It's yeah. basically scoring 130 every game. <laughs> and to their credit, they've done that, and they've been really good in close games. Yes, if yes. you do that, you're, I mean, they have kind of been like that MLB team every year that, oh, wow, they're really good in one-run games. Like how are they? Oh, that's why they're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So that's why they've got, they're having this unbelievable, they're a little... And they're a little 2021 Giantsy. Maybe bit. so. A little bit. Maybe so. Five wins by exactly one point with no losses. I also think, and we've talked about this, they have done something that we want all the teams to do, which is they've taken no the regular season seriously. No doubt. Yeah. And, and that, they've reaped the benefits of that. They have. Yeah. And, and that and that is why they are a, a three seed, is that they've they've taken care of business. They haven't lost to a lot of... The bottom feeders in in the West and in the Eastern Conference. The Warriors have some losses against the Eastern Conference. That's really the difference between uh, their two records. So 888-957-9570. We're off and running here. It's John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. We'll get back to the phones. Also a new collective bargaining agreement Mm. in the NBA that could have some negative ramifications on the Warriors. We'll get into that as well here on 95.7 The Game. Trying to get a nice little buzz. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now back to Warriors This Week. 95 7 the game. All right, rolling along here on a Saturday. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, 888 957 9570. Warriors with four games to go. Now 41 and 37 on the season at Denver tomorrow. We'll have that for you, of course, right here on 95 7 the game. Tied with the Clippers for fifth, but the Warriors technically sixth. The Clippers own the tiebreaker. At least for now, based on division record, Clippers seven and seven, Warriors six and nine. But the Clippers are playing in New Orleans tonight. So if the Clippers lose that game, the Warriors would move up to the fifth spot at the close of business tonight. And four games to go for the Clippers, four games to go for the Warriors. How Both. big was that Warriors win over the Pelicans, by the way? Wow. Huge. I mean, yeah. any one any how big was the win over Philadelphia a week ago Friday uh, you know, last night if they don't win either one of those games they're they're playing for the playing tournament at this I, point like th- to me if they lose either one they're kind of done in a way as far as the the playing tournament goes versus avoiding it and making the top 6 I know you were there so you didn't hear it when it happened, but did you hear after the fact what Stan Van Gundy said about the Warriors during that game? I, I did not. Okay. I, or maybe I did, but it I was, don't recall. It was when they were falling behind and, you know, and Draymond was, uh, he lost his composure. But more than that, um, the Warriors were throwing the ball all over the place. And Stan Van Gundy said, the Warriors right now are unprofessional. And he wasn't talking about Draymond. I know I just mentioned Draymond, but he was talking about all the turnovers. He said they look like an unprofessional basketball team. And then later on, of course, they started playing. And he admitted, he said, yeah, now they're playing like the Warriors. You say playing like the Warriors. The implication is the team is playing at a very high level, maybe maybe even a championship level. The reason I bring it up is I've never seen any team in basketball ever go from one extreme to the other like this year's Warrior team, where at times it looks like they can't complete you know, a point-to-wing pass, or they're throwing the worst possible passes, Harry High School stuff, and then later in the same game, in the in the case of the Pelicans game, 
they close and they come from 17 down and they win the game. It's one of the things about this team that I I just, I cannot understand, J.D. Well, part of it is they've gotten away with doing a lot of dumb stuff over the years and they've been so good that it's been masked by the good. Like, the good has outweighed the and bad the habits to such are baked a level. In, but the bad habits are baked it, into a degree. Exactly. And they know, they've also known when it's time to flip the switch. And I think there's been times this year where they've gone to flip the switch and they, they can't, it's hey, stuck. where's the switch it's again? It's stuck. Yeah. It's yeah. stuck or they can't find it. Yeah. And that's gotten a bit in, in some of these games. I think they also have had focus and and motivational issues, even in some of these games, like the Pelicans game, potentially. I mean, I, although I think that game was more, they just got down and were playing badly and the Pelicans really wanted it and then they had to, to fight and, and scratch and claw. I mean, think of how many games the Warriors have been down and played really badly at home that they've come back and won. Oh, yeah. I think 12 double-digit comebacks. Mm-hmm at home uh, for for the Warriors this season. And, you know, for a couple of those, we always talk about, well, if a couple of the, the, the Warrior losses on the road had gone the other way, maybe they'd be fighting for three or they'd be fighting for two. A couple of those home games that they've come back go the other way, they'd be Dallas right now or Oklahoma yeah. City. By the way, last night was almost one of those games, but nine was the biggest lead the Spurs ever had. Right. And and it just, you know, last night, I know Steve Kerr talked about a post game, just the, the lack of focus for the Warriors last night. I, I thought it was the final game basically on the schedule where they knew they could put in a less than 100 effort mm-hmm. and still win the game and still win the game going away because the Spurs are just that bad. And that's exactly what happened with the 43-27 fourth quarter. And fortunately for them, as cold as they were early, 0 of 13 from 3, they finished 21 for 36. And, and all of a sudden, quietly, Whitey, this team's won 5 of the last 6. 3-1 homestand. They actually have a two-game road winning streak going into Denver tomorrow with the yeah. wins at Houston and That's Dallas. One of the reasons tomorrow is uh, an even bigger game. You'd love to stretch that road winning streak. And and so we'll see. And and the question becomes, you obviously have to win enough to make sure you avoid the play-in tournament. But to the extent you can, and, and maybe it takes care of itself naturally with the Warriors, you know, let's say going two and two or three and one and having that be good enough to, to put you in six. The Clippers have a lot to do with it, but there are basically th- four different options at this point for the Warriors. You could play the Kings and the six, three as they'd be right now. You could play Phoenix. If you move up to five and the Suns are four, you could play Memphis. If the Warriors dip down to seven, although then you've got to play in, tournament scenario involved there or if memphis slides or if memphis slides which is still possible in a a 3-6 there so you got all these different options and you know we're just gonna have to see how it shakes out the warriors have never been the type of team to manipulate an outcome for an opponent other teams maybe have i know there's been a lot of discussion that everybody's kind of wanting to play sacramento from the clippers to the lakers and and even the warriors brian windhorst has been all over babbling about that the last (laughs) couple of days and and even a couple of weeks ago but am i missing the the point in that it's really more about are the warriors starting to actually play better basketball over the last week and a half or is this is this just the same team that they've been? Because I, I think you can say, hey, they've won five of six, but for the most part, it's been a lot of the same, right? Having to come back at home, underwhelming against the Spurs, doing enough down the stretch against some some good teams. I beat Houston. Dallas actually turns out kind of stinks, uh, even though that looked like maybe it was a better win a couple of weeks ago when they got it. Or you know, I know you were not impressed by that win. Handle, handle, I was impressed with how the Warriors played. I just don't think people fully realize that Dallas stinks. 
And uh, it, I think people were thinking of that as, oh, Dallas has got, you know, this is last year's Dallas that was a conference finals team. No, Dallas would not be in the play-in tournament right now. Yeah. Like, Dallas is closer to being Portland right now than they are to being the Warriors or the Clippers. They're 37 and 40. Yeah, to your point, I think there's two things going on. One, and I know the Warriors defensively, I don't think their numbers were great last night, but in the previous five, their defensive rating, for what it's worth, small sample size, but it had been really solid. So that's good. I still think that's the foundation that Steve Kerr wants everything to be built upon with his team. And he knows that, you know, the Warriors are just such a better team um, when the other team's taking the ball out of the bottom of the net rather than coming at you after an open floor, you know, turnover. So that's really vitally important to their success. The other thing, I know IJD, I get kind of weary of Coach Kerr, and I love Coach Kerr, but when he talks about a focus, lack of focus, I get tired of that because it sounds like an excuse. But I realized today the wisdom of that, he's really telling his team, look, this is within our control. We don't have to worry so much about what the other team does or who we're playing. If we come out focused and we've proven that we haven't done it for entire games much we do it for stretches and we get by with that but if we can go into the postseason focused we're in great shape and i think that's true i i think that that's why last night's game didn't really bother me as ugly as it was is that that was an easy one for me to say oh they just they just weren't into it like they and you can say how could they not be into it? It's a must-win game, but they they knew they had some room to play with. And the Warriors all year, when they know they have a little room to play, they're they, gonna play they play. <laughs> they're gonna play with it. Yeah, and and they and so I I look at a game like last night and go because it is twofold, right? It, it it's well that ain't getting it done. Like that game last night ain't getting it done in the playoffs. Like that's not beating anybody. That's right. you're gonna get run out against the Kings, the Grizzlies, the Suns if you mm-hmm. play that level. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter who you play. Just to end the conversation. But the Warriors are also smart enough to know that they're going to have to play exponentially better, harder, more together than they did last night. Like that's a, that at this point for this team, as crazy as it sounds, is a given that they'll know that they have to bring it at a better level. I think right now, if you're preparing to play the Warriors, your focus has to start with Curry, Clay, and Poole. And a couple of weeks ago, I don't think that was necessarily the case, but the way Poole is playing of late, he's right up there on the whiteboard of the other team now, right? Look, this is where it's obviously it starts with Steph, but those three guys have given the Warriors a dimension along with Kuminga's improved play that was lacking even, I think, like two weeks ago it wasn't there. 888-957-9570. Let's, let's go to James in San Francisco here on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, James? Hey guys, good morning. Uh, I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good, good. What's good. up? Awesome. Um, say, I'm just thinking about this Wiggins situation. It just seems really bizarre to me. Um, I'm just wondering, what do you think the chances are that this is just uh, some kind of like load managing going on, or injury recovery, or something? Just for some reason, they're you know it's being couched in different terms for the league. Yeah, thanks, James. Uh, no, uh, I, I, that's not I what that's so. not what this is. No, and it it has been uh, one. I mean, Wiggins is not one of those players that would even need that necessarily in terms of the. I mean, he's a young prime type player, and so no, it's not that. The other, if it was that, you could just come up with some kind of an injury. Yeah, and he so, had been injured at earlier points in the year. The Warriors have been very clear on this. It, it it's personal reasons. It's a very serious personal and or family matter. We don't need to pry as to, to what 
It is. I know there was the report from Jason Dumas of Cron who said that he's been told Wiggins is back in the Bay Area after spending most of the time that that he's been away from the team out of town, basically. So he's now back. That doesn't mean he's back at the facility. That doesn't mean he's going to practice in the next couple of days. That doesn't mean he's going to play anytime soon, necessarily. But it is... Again, if true, and I have no reason to believe that Jason's reporting on that is is not true, that would be the first logical step toward mm-hmm. a potential return. And yeah. I think, you know, you look at what Steve Kerr had said earlier in the week about Wiggins, a little more forthright in saying that he's been working out uh, on his own, even away from the team and even reportedly out of town. He's been he's been working out. I think those, you know, that's a sign toward the fact that he's maybe gearing up to to at least come back and, and try to give it a go. But as far as the original question, there's nothing to it's circumventing to the, right. the uh, load management rules or anything like that. Yeah, no, it's, it's fair to wonder because there hasn't been a lot of information. And as fans, we wonder. But I, I think you're right, J.D. The tell on that would be the fact that if Wiggins was just out because he was hurt, um, then all these things that are coming out, these these unsubstantiated rumors, there would be a lot stronger pushback on it. The Warriors would feel compelled to no. We got to uh, we got to make sure people understand what's really going on. You're right. If it was something like load management, they'd come up with a different excuse. Then he has a really serious family situation. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so you know, we'll see. I, I think, and, and I've said this many times. It's it's none of my business if he needs to miss everything that's left for the Warriors, including the playoffs. Then then so be it. That's just something they're going to have to deal with, as they would have to deal with. An injury to a key player. I do think if he doesn't come back, it makes every potential series more difficult. I mean that you know that that's the other thing. Like imagine playing Durant without Wiggins. Like who's going to guard Durant at that point? Like mm-hmm. the Warriors don't really have anybody that's going to guard Durant. Kaminga. I mean, yeah, until we have to take turns on him. JD. They're going to yeah. well. There's a lot of different and and, and Kaminga would be an option at that point. All right. Well, who's going to guard Booker? <laughs> you know, so you know Peyton. I guess you know maybe you're going to put Peyton on on Durant. That's where Peyton does give you some more some more options. I think as as you've alluded to, but but I I think this team has to at a minimum get Andrew Wiggins back and and playable here for the first round, even against Sacramento. I I think that that you know Wiggins being available versus not being available that sways my whole analysis really of of that series to be honest and i'm sure that he knows that and so maybe that would be why he's in town he's trying to gear up for that it's just a matter of where he is emotionally uh, and again we don't even know why he's as distraught or why he's why he's not playing but it's not realistic to me to think that even if he misses the first round that if you get into the second round that he could gear up and be useful if he hadn't played and he's starting out. All right, we're playing the Suns, and uh, Andrew, let's get you a few minutes here or there. I don't think that's really feasible either. All right, let's go to Khaled and Clayton on the phones. 888-957-9570. What's going on, Khaled? What's going on, J.D.? What's going on, Whitey? Hey. Hopefully you guys are enjoying your Saturday and this beautiful sunshine. Yes, sir. Um, let me, let me for, first of all, I don't know if you heard it, J.D. Um, Guru compared me to you the other day, which was a hell of a compliment to me, maybe an insult to you, but <laughs> he said that you and I are both cerebral. We're not perfect, but we're very cerebral, and he appreciates where we come That's from. That's nice. So let me get cerebral with you here for a second. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, mm-hmm. First off, in regards to Wiggins, you know, I, I, I see the plus side of him being out. I, I wish him well. 
I hope everything's okay with him and or his family. And I'm not going to assume why he's out. I'm just going to wish him well. And uh, I'll be there to lift him up whenever he comes back as a fan. But I see kind of the positive side of this because look at the growth of Kaminga and his ability to be out on the floor a lot more because he's kind of filling in between that three and that four spot, you know, in that positionless basketball that Kerr likes to play. And each game you see growth from him. Yesterday, he was spectacular for the most part. And in regards to the game these last few, few last about the week and a half or so, the five out of six, I'd rather see them winning ugly than seeing them losing pretty. You know, a lot of people are like, look, you know, this is difficult to watch. It's not going to win in the playoffs. They're actually winning games that they were losing earlier in the year where they couldn't find that extra gear. And so you're seeing a little bit more focus where they're coming out in that second half looking not like the team that's turning it over in the first half, but they're buttoning it up and finding that next level to be able to will themselves to win. And that's kind of what my take and the optimistic side of what we've seen over these last five or six games comes from because we saw several games where they would look good and they just weren't up to the competition that they were there. And everyone would try to find the rosy side. Oh, my God, they played well here and there. (laughs) I don't want to lose pretty. I want to see this team dominate or win those games that it looks like they have no business winning because they played so poorly in the first half. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, thanks for the call. You, yeah, you got to win, Khaled. I think that is the most important thing, and I'm 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 with them. I mean, winning is the name of the game, mm-hmm. and I I feel like wins just just winning till till you get in, knowing that the level of play has to be better in the playoffs is is acceptable for this team. Now, you still got to get there and play better. And I think you know, that's something that I think some Warrior fans look at as just a foregone conclusion that the Warriors are just going to get there and automatically play better. The truth is we really don't know. Uh, they did it last year. They're, they're capable. Last year was a much better team. I know. Last I year's Warriors team was a much better team. Like I, I do kind of bristle at the whole. Well, they did it last year. They were the three seed last year. They were a, a fifty-three win three seed last year. Like that, that team who was through a long stretch the best team in the in the West. Yes, forty-one they, and thirteen yeah. stretch. They did figuratively, not literally, because literally would mean you'd go and find a switch and flip it. But once the playoffs started, they did figuratively flip that switch. They were I, they yeah. were on a really good roll for 54 games basically and then had injuries and other things down the stretch to where it didn't go as well and then they got everybody back that they had when they were 41 and 13 and kind of became the 41 and 13 team again because they had everybody back like I just view last year as much more clear cut I agree when they had everybody they were a damn good team maybe a top two three four team in the whole league all year like they have not they have not been that this year at, at all and so you know, and then and then they didn't have key pieces, and then they got those pieces back, and they at right as the playoffs started became the forty one and thirteen team again, and went on to win the NBA championship. Yeah, well, and Colette also touched on again the unique one of the unique things about this team. If there, if we ever needed a team to remind us, you know, be careful what you tweet at halftime. <laughs> it's this Warrior team. The way they're so Jekyll and Hyde, and they play poorly, then they play great. I had someone tweet at me last night, um, early in the game. Well, Clay's MIA again, missing in action, and I didn't even, you know, respond to that because like <laughs> had right. a great game. But that's the nature of this team, 
And I think the hope, of course, fans and the plan for Steve Kerr is that some of that, some of the things that lead to the inconsistencies, where you have better focus and better uh, defense, and you're able to focus on an opponent once the postseason starts, some of that up and downness will go away. If it doesn't, then the Warriors will go away. Yeah, to your point on Clay Thompson, first half for Clay last night, one of five. Yeah. 0 of four from three. And then you look at Clay Thompson in the second half, and Clay Thompson, 10 of 13. Yeah. And 7 of 10 from three in mm-hmm. the second half. And it winds up being a really nice game for Clay Thompson Very overall. Patient. You know, whereas, you know, earlier this year, last year, he'd have been hunting shots after that slow start. No doubt. Yeah. He stayed patient, got good looks, ended up scoring 31 points. The Warriors needed it. And and really, I mean, yeah, you go 0 of 13 collectively and they finished 21 of 36. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there you go. That that'll do it, uh-huh. especially against the team that that I think has the worst roster in the NBA currently, and that's the the San Antonio Hall of Fame Popoviches. <laughs> <laughs> As they tank again, uh, you take Detroit over this this bunch. Uh, oh yeah, Detroit has a more talented roster for sure. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Detroit mm-hmm. has a more talented roster than, than the Spurs do. Uh eight at eight nine five seven. They do have Marvin Bagley, you know. Nine five seven zero. They got James Wiseman. Yeah. They got James Wiseman mm-hmm. as well. Uh we'll get to the Comcast business text line coming up. Uh we also need to get into the CBA. I guess Draymond Green has been all over some of the bullet points from the collective bargaining agreement. Not happy. There there's some things I like in the CBA. Uh, at least proposed. I know it's still got to be formally ratified and, and all of that. There's a, some things I don't necessarily like. Uh, sounds like the in-season tournament's going to happen, mm. which I think is yeah. is lame, although I think that's more of... Uh, it's just... Uh, Commissioner Silver needs that, and I. it seems to me that he thinks that's going to be part of his legacy, and there's no way he's ever letting go of that. So it's almost inevitable. Manufactured drama. It's like that's. I, I don't even know if there'll be drama. Load load management and trying to manufacture drama. Yeah. I think is the is the the two things that probably mm-hmm. stick at the forefront of Adam, Adam yeah. Silver's legacy as commissioner is not a great one. No, I, no. I mean, I think you could make the case he's the worst commissioner, maybe in any sport in the last forty years. I really think you could make that case. Huh. I don't know if I'd go that far when you look at. Um, the money the league is making, but I understand where you're going. And he has, he's not really, I wouldn't say he's on a roll. I mean, the I'll league has that. never been less competitive on a night in, night out basis. It's, it's, it's never been maybe more mediocre than it's, a, you know, on a night in, night out basis. You've you got, call it mediocre, we call it balance, which is uh, a level of uh, competitiveness. I mean, you've got star players taking PTO every other night. There you go. That's the thing. I mean, that's, you've got teams and players basically telling us every night, these games don't matter. At a time when we're going to have yeah. an in-season then, tournament to then, make the games matter, when the players well, are telling us they don't matter. But that's the thing. They're going to pretend the games matter. Exactly. It's a grift. Yeah. It's fake. They're yep. going to tell us, hey, these four games over the course of a week in November really matter. Yeah. And the truth is, nobody's going to give a rip mm-hmm. about it. it. It's So it's... It's the same thing with the playing tournament. Oh, playing tournament. Let's let's take a bunch of mediocre teams. I think the playing tournament has worked, Jay. Let's take a bunch of mediocre teams and let's let's pretend that they're all really good teams. Like mediocre. let's let's pretend that the 39 and 43 Thunder are really good. Mm-hmm. And when they play the 40 and 42 Timberwolves, that's like a awesome freaking game. I, yeah. I will be watching. Give me that. Give me that. <laughs> I will definitely be watching. It's a joke. It's disgraceful. It's worked. It's disgraceful. The has worked. I, 
has the plan worked, or has the plan basically told a bunch of teams that they don't need to go as hard in the regular season because they can still get in? Because you can still get in and make it. Mm. I don't know about that. It's a perilous road out of the plan, though. I just, you know, I, I don't know. I think you'd have teams with better records if you you might have some teams with worse records down below. But I'm okay with. I'm okay with teams 12. Like, I don't care if team 11 is almost 500. Like, I don't care about that. I'd rather have team 2 and 3 winning 55 to 60 games. I'd rather have team 6 winning 45, 50, 50 games and going hard to get it. I remember sitting here. I was sitting in this very yeah. seat across from you. We had to clean we, up the, the whole thing because I vomited all over the console. When we first heard about the play-in and the in-season <sighs> tournament, and I was I didn't like it. I, the plan to me has worked. Uh, it's still new, so we'll see. The end season tournament, in my opinion, has no chance of working. Yeah, it's just. I mean, it's it. It sounds like it's not even. Again, it sounds totally contrived. Yep. At this point, uh, Filmo Mike never contrived, as he calls in here Mikey. on ninety five seven the game. What's going on, Mike? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, now I just wanted to say uh, a couple. I just wanted to get to a couple points. Um, unfortunately, about Wiggins, it's very unfortunate. Whatever's going on, but obviously, what's going on because the Warriors is pretty kind of like I'm not gonna say they tight lipped, but if if, if 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 the rumors weren't that true, they would kind of like put a notion to it, like you know, whatever it is. But I'm not gonna get into that. But my unfortunate part is imagine GP two. Uh, DiVincenzo and Wiggins and Draymond on the court at, at one time and maybe even put Curry out there. That would be a little crazy lineup. Uh, my second point is Draymond and Jordan Poole's synergy. I, I could care less what happened before, but if you watch it now, they got a crazy little synergy going right now. Their chemistry is, is, is almost Curry and uh, Draymond-like. My last question is this. J.D., you know this boots on the ground. Like, my question is, why are you boots on the ground? How come Madsen's not boots on the ground or Spadoni's not boots on the ground or Michael Tyler Whitey Gleason isn't boots on the ground? And if you were to take a PTO day off, a low management day off, who would replace you? That's a good question. <laughs> I'm irreplaceable. I'm just kidding. Boots on the ground because he's there at all the events. Yeah, it was he's boots there. on the ground from years and years and years yeah. of basically being at every event. Yeah, he earned that and because it's he's always so. there. Yeah, it's less so. I mean, it's less so. It's, I mean, it used to be Giants were a big part of it. You know, years back, but the Warriors became such a huge, huge thing. Yeah, with all I that mean, playoff games, Super Bowls, JD is there exactly with his boots on the ground. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was kind of the yeah. that was kind of the thing yeah. originally. He earned that sobriquet. Yeah. As far as. Uh, as far as Draymond and Poole, I mean, like, Draymond's a really good player. Draymond could set up Poole just, just like he could set up Steph or Clay or anybody yeah, else. I, I agree with Mike on that. And I, I know he played basketball. And yeah, you can see that. I also thought it was interesting um, that Clay last night was saying some really, really glowing things about Poole. Now, I yeah. know it's they're one thing out to of their talk way to, about They're going it. out of their way to make sure yeah. because the the... The chatter has been that the big three don't like him all the time, and so they're kind of going out of their way to make sure they have his back, which is well, what you, a good teammate does. Yeah, and if you give effort defensively and you move the ball and you're helping us win, 
I don't think anybody's going to have a problem with him. All right, uh, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson, 888-957-9570. We got one hour down, two hours to go here on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.